The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. We are live here on Football Full Circle all across the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius XM Channel 159. He is the mastermind of the pigskin. That would be Joe Lisi, and I am Ben Stevens. Week number seven of the National Football League comes to a close last night on a Monday. Joe Lisi inside Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. A lot to break down from that game and what it means moving forward for both of these teams, but mainly the New England Patriots. But Joe, it's Focus on the outcome of the game first and foremost in the performances that we saw last night. The Bears, as an eight-and-a-half-point underdog, go into Foxborough and win outright, Joe, 33-14. to A total that came down to 39-and-a-half prior to kick goes way over. The Bears almost went over by themselves. Joe, their best offensive performance in almost two seasons. It was the first time the Bears had scored at least 33 points since December of the 2020 season. So a good performance from Justin Fields. And that bears offense. Yeah, I mean, Chicago won this ball game in the trenches, right? They protected Justin Fields enough. He had 133 yards passing in the first half, over 70 yards rushing. They mixed up the play calling and really had New England's defense off balance much of the uh, of the evening, Ben. And at the end of the day, that Chicago defense forced turnovers. Granted, they forced a couple against Mac Jones. They forced a couple against Bailey Zappi. And at the end of the day, they proved that their defense maybe can bounce back into form where they were a few years ago when Khalil Mack was there. Remember that? So as long as this defense plays well, Justin Fields is as good of a quarterback, in my opinion, to at least lead and engineer this team to potentially seven or eight wins, and maybe they're on the horizon for rebuild in terms of 2023. But on the flip side, you have New England right now, no identity, no physicality on the defensive side of the ball, and their head coach, Bill Belichick, is searching for answers because he doesn't doesn't look like the best ever in terms of this ball club in 2022. They got ran all over last night, did the New England Patriots. 243 for Chicago as a team. 45 rush attempts for the Bears in total. The team that runs the football the most in the NFL put that on full display. Justin Fields, the leading rusher last night, 14 carries, 82 yards and a touchdown well over his rushing yards prop of 41 in a hook. But both the man known as Juice, Khalil Herbert, and David Montgomery finishing with 62 yards apiece. Meanwhile, the Pats, Joe, only 70 yards as a team, and it was Mac Jones that had the second most rushing yards on only three rush attempts, scooting for 24 yards early on in that football game. We'll get to Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, and the quarterback uncertainty that lies ahead for the Pats in just a second, Joe, but I do want to echo a point you made there about Chicago. It feels weird to say the Bears are 3-4 and four this year. Yes, a game below 500, but Lisi, right now, 
There's a six-way tie of teams in the NFC with a 3-4 and four overall record. And those six teams are just a half a game behind the Rams right now, at least in the playoff standings for that final NFC wildcard spot. That is how mediocre the entire NFL really has been, but especially the NFC and even teams that are struggling still have an outside shot of being a playoff team here following seven weeks of NFL action. And Joe, when you look at the Chicago Bears right now, they have the second longest on to make the postseason at plus 1160. Only the Panthers, who are 16-1, to have longer odds than Chicago. So maybe they're not a playoff team, Joe, but what do you want to see the rest of the way out of the Bears and mainly Justin Fields that lets you know the Chicago team is headed in the right direction? Well, I want to see them open up the playbook, and they started to do that in the first half and really develop a game plan around their strengths, right? We know about Cole Komet. We know about Darnell Mooney. But outside of that, we need to work some other of those wide receivers involved in the mix and put the keys and the football into Justin Fields' hands in terms of allowing him to be aggressive on first and second downs. You just mentioned it in the the open, right, that they're one of the most run-heavy offenses in all the National Football League. At some point in the second half, of the season, that needs to change to see and make an assessment about Justin Fields long-term and what type of talent you could put around him to really win football games and challenge for a division title next year. So, I understand Eberflus is a first-year head coach, but at the end of the day, nobody's expecting this team to challenge for a division title. Nobody's expecting them to get to the the playoffs, right? It's about building the team around Justin Fields to compete in 2023 and beyond, and until they open it up, you will never know what you have in terms of your franchise quarterback. It's such a point well taken, Joe, because I thought for the first time, honestly, for the first time last night, under Luke Getze, the new offensive coordinator there in Chicago, after spending the last couple of years in Green Bay as the quarterback's coach with Aaron Rodgers, for the first time, he was designing schemes and calling plays that highlighted the talented skill set of Justin Fields, not trying to fit him into a box, but allowing the quarterback to get out in motion, to get out and break the pocket, and use the best of his abilities to make some plays. Yes, there are still some questionable moments for Fields, but we saw what he can be in the promise that he has, and that is the hope now for the Bears the rest of the way. But the quarterback questions are for the New England Patriots. We'll discuss that up next on Football Full Circle. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. We are back on Football Full Circle. So we break down the game on Monday Night Football to end out week number seven of this NFL regular season. We highlight what Chicago did well, winning outright as an eight-and-a-half-point underdog, 43-14 to in Foxborough. That is one part of the equation, just one simple part of the story from last night. Because I think the larger takeaway, Joe, is what is happening with the Patriots at the quarterback position, and will we have any answers moving forward? Mac Jones made his return to the starting lineup last night, Joe. His first game back from a high ankle sprain. He started the first three possessions, punt, punt, and then a bad interception that led to him being benched early in that second quarter. Enter the rookie, Bailey Zappi, the fourth-round draft pick out of Western Kentucky that won his first two starts of his NFL career, the first quarterback since the Super Bowl merger, Joe, in this era to win his first start and post a passer rating of 100 or better. We saw the fans clamor for Bailey Zappi to get out there, and he did. He gave him a highlight, his first two offensive possessions, Joe, but then trailed off later in the game. Let's start with what we saw last night before we move forward. Joe, what did you make of Bill Belichick's decision to put in Bailey Zappi in that second quarter and how it played out. Well, I think it was twofold. One, he didn't like the performance of Mac Jones, and two, that he didn't like the fact that the fans maybe were clamoring for Bailey Zappi, right? So he did two-for-one special. He gets Mac Jones out, he puts Bailey Zappi in, the kid comes back and responds with two touchdown drives, and it looks like he's the savior, but then by the end of the game, he reverts back to a rookie, and all of a sudden, Bill dials it back and starts saying, you know what, maybe in terms of next week when we are on the road with the New York Jets, I'm going to need Mac Jones, my second-year quarterback, to lead us and give us the best opportunity to win. And I said this, too. You know, in terms of Bailey Zappi, it's one thing if you're going to develop the offense around Bailey Zappi, what he ran in Western Kentucky, where you forget and negate the running game. You just run up-tempo, five-wide the whole game, and allow him to chuck it 50 or 60 times. Or if you want a more pro-style offense, which is what they have, ground and pound first and then work off a of play action, that really fits Mac Jones better than Bailey Zappi because you have the brain trust of Matt Patricia and Joe Judge running that offense, and that's the Achilles heel, not the quarterback situation. So, Joe, it's a really interesting part right now, right? Because what happens moving forward? Bill Belichick told us last night, or at least through media reports, that this was the expected plan. Max's first game back, we would probably see both quarterbacks. Who knows exactly what is true and what is false and what Bill Belichick has to say, much like Nick Saban. Both of those guys never going to give us the 100% certainty in their words. Now, it's interesting, Joe, because asked after the game and asked this morning on a Tuesday as well about the health of Mac Jones, if he is fully healthy, will he be the starter? 
Bill Belichick replied simply, that's a hypothetical question. I'm not worried about hypotheticals. Well, is it hypothetical? Because Mac Jones did look healthy last night. You can evaluate his play however you would like, but nothing seemed to be hampering him with that ankle concern that kept him sidelined for a few weeks. He was the leading rusher for the Patriots in the first half. He had 24 yards on the ground and was looking rather spry for Mac Jones, shall we say, Joe. And this is a Mac Jones quarterback that was a top 15 pick from two years ago in his rookie campaign, led the Patriots to a 10-win season, a playoff appearance, and a Pro Bowl berth as well for Mac Jones individually. It's not like this was a guy that led the Pats to a 3-14 and season last year, Joe, and has tons of questions about his future in the league. It was only because of that injury that allowed Bailey Zappi to get into the football game, and then Zappi took the most of his opportunity. So I think it is fascinating now What is the plan moving forward? What does it say to your football team? And how will you turn to evaluate what is the case moving forward? So, Joe, we're a betting network. This is what we do here. If you were to set a line, if you were to give me the favorite who you think will start this upcoming Sunday on the road against the Jets in MetLife, who do you think that favorite under center for New England is? I think it's uh, Mac Jones, and I would put it at minus 250. Uh, that That's how strongly I feel about that. I don't think it's Bailey Zappi going on the road, especially to New York, especially to a hot team in terms of the New York Jets that have been opportunistic, have shown some physicality in terms of the front seven, have been running the football and, and keeping opposing offenses at bay. And look at what they have done against Denver and Miami and obviously Green Bay on the road. So they're playing very confident right now. And I think it's very difficult to expect a, a rookie, nonetheless, to go on the road to New York and lead this team. Let's keep in mind, this was his first home game, right? He played both games on the road, Bailey Zappi, right? So this was his first home game, even though he wasn't the starter and he still turned the football over, right? What do you think it's going to be in MetLife next week, even though he potentially played okay in those ballgames? They didn't win Right, They didn't beat Green Bay in that ballgame. They were close, but they still didn't pull it out. And at the end of the day, Bill Belichick still wants to run the football. He still has Ramondre Stevenson. He still has Damian Harris. That's what they want to do. So, again, I don't think that's a strong suit of Bailey Zappi. I know he gets the football quick. I know he maybe potentially gives your your offense big play explosiveness, but that's only if you're going to put it in in terms of certain schemes, and they're not doing that right now. Look at that second half was pathetic last night. Yeah, Yeah, Joe, it would have been really fun. And it was fun on social media last night when Bailey Zappi entered that football game because of the performance he had on the first two drives that he was in there against the Bears. However, Bailey Zappi then struggled in the second half. I don't think you could look at last night, Joe, and say Bailey Zappi has taken this job in whole certainty from Mac Jones. He has played well at times, certainly. He has looked good, and he has looked the part as New England starter, certainly. But I don't think he has outright won this job, and Mac Jones has no chance to take it back from him. It's going to be a fascinating case study, Joe, to hear what we do from Bill Belichick this week because he's going to be asked constantly about it, and he's going to hate every question that is asked to him about his quarterback for this upcoming Sunday. But as we look at this line, Joe, the Patriots are a slight one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against the Jets. This is a New York team that is and 5-2 this year, Joe, booked as an underdog in six of their first seven games, and in those six games, they won four of them outright. So how do you evaluate that early line, Joe, as we get ready for Sunday in MetLife. 
Well, at the end of the day, if Mac Jones starts, I still think they have a good shot to win the ball game because they run the football, right? At the end of the day, what can the defense give you? Can they force turnovers against Zach Wilson? Now, uh, in terms of uh, Vera Tucker being out and obviously now Brees Hall being down, they have Robinson. How does that affect the rushing attack? If they can't get into positive situations, that would obviously be- benefit the defensive front and Bill Belichick's defensive schemes. But again, the, you know, here's the thing too. The most Mobility of Justin Fields caused a lot of havoc in terms of that front seven. They couldn't contain him. If Zach Wilson yeah. utilizes the RPO game, New York has a shot. But again, I still lean to New England on the road because I do feel it's Mac Jones. I feel it's the physicality of the rushing attack, and that always carries well in a road environment. But again, is this a game I'm going to like run to the table and bet? Absolutely not. It's going to be interesting to see what New York does on the other side, Joe. A 5-2 and two football team that had the frontrunner for Offensive Rookie of the Year in Brees Hall. Of course, injured in that game, a road win in Denver. He has a torn ACL, and he will miss the rest of this season. Elijah Vera Tucker also out for the rest of the year. An outstanding young offensive tackle for the Jets as well. But they do make a move yesterday, Joe. Does New York. They trade for James Robinson. From Jacksonville, a running back that was giving way to Travis Etienne there in Duval County. He is acquired by the Jets for a conditional sixth-round pick that could potentially become a fifth-rounder, so they add some of that backfield depth alongside now Michael Carter. Joe, what would you make of that move for Gang Green yesterday? Well, they need somebody, right? I don't think he's an elite running back, but he fills a void, and that's what the Jets need right now. Fresh legs in the ballgame at all times. All the depth they can possibly have back there to help Zach Wilson. Because, again, the Jets did win this past week in Denver, but Zach Wilson threw for less than 130 yards. It was the first game they were booked as a favorite this season, and they did cover that number, one and a half, on the road in Denver. We come back on Football Full Circle. Up next here, live on the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
All right, so week seven of the NFL season is now in the books. We fast forward to week number eight. Tons of news around the NFL, Joe Lisi, yesterday as it pertains to what is still to come in the National Football League. Let's start in Indianapolis. Rather shocking, Joe, just as the show wrapped up yesterday afternoon, the Colts are making a change and a permanent change at the quarterback position. Frank Reich announcing yesterday that Matt Ryan will not be the starter this upcoming Sunday against the Washington Commanders, it is going to be Sam Ellinger, the quarterback out of Texas, that proudly proclaim, we're back, but Texas is not anywhere close to back. We'll save the Longhorn slander for our college football segment coming up next, but Joe, it's Sam Ellinger making the start for Indy against Washington on Sunday, and again, this is not just for this week as Matt Ryan's a little bit banged up and injured. This is going to be the plan moving forward, sending Matt Ryan to the bench and Effectively, Joe, I guess you could say ending Matty Ice's NFL career. What did you make of this move for Indy to make the change at QB? Well, how how the mighty have fallen, right? He was supposed to be looked at as the savior, someone that could take the Colts over the top to where Carson Wentz and Phillip Rivers couldn't over the past previous two seasons, right? And, you know, at the end of the day, without the running game, I don't think Matty Ice would have been that effective. That's why, obviously, they fell behind 13 to nothing on the road in Nashville. Even though Jonathan Taylor was in that lineup, he only rushed the football 10 times, 58 yards. They lost their identity. The offensive line broke down. And at the end of the day, Sam Ellinger is more mobile than Matt Ryan. He gives them an added dimension and maybe a quarterback that potentially they could build on from 2023 and beyond, but expecting Sam Ellinger to lead this team to the playoffs or challenge now Tennessee for a division title, I think is absolutely ridiculous. They don't uh, they lack, excuse me, elite uh, wide receiver speed on the perimeter. Paris Campbell's always banged up, even though he stepped up. Michael Pittman, in my opinion, he's a pure number two. And at the end of the day, what do you have here? Frank Reich needed to make a, a decision because the pressure's on. Based off of last year with the situation with Wentz, He's now showing he's in control, something that he didn't do last year. So he's knocking it off early after seven weeks with the hopes that this team can rebound. It's a really interesting thing right now in Indianapolis because unless Sam Ellinger is the guy moving forward, Joe, I believe 2023 will be the sixth, seventh, or maybe even eighth straight season. The Colts have a different opening day starter. At quarterback, it was Phillip Rivers, and then it was Carson Wentz, and recently it's been Matt Ryan. But before that, after Andrew Luck retired, it's been guys like Jacoby Brissett and Jacob Eason, and it's been just an absolute rotating cast and crew at the quarterback spot for Indianapolis. And yes, Andrew Luck retiring when he did certainly set the Colts back, but we've been doing the same thing now in Indianapolis for the last four or five years and it hasn't worked out the way I think that Indianapolis would have desired. Joe, they entered this year. To your point about Matt Ryan coming in to get this Colts team to where they needed to go, which Carson Wentz could not do last year, the final two weeks of the year, an eight-point favorite at home against the Raiders, just needed to win outright to clinch a playoff berth, lost that football game. A 15-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Duval County, a terrible place for the Colts to play, and they lose outright by two touchdowns to the Jags. So it wasn't Carson Wentz, right? Well, it was going to be Matt Ryan. With all the talent around him, it didn't matter how the aging quarterback was going to play. The Colts were going to win this division. They were minus 370, or excuse me, minus 170, Joe, to win the AFC South before the year got started. They are no longer the favorites. It's the Titans in minus money. So unless it is Sam Ellinger, Joe, they're back 
to the drawing board at the quarterback position for Indianapolis. And the thing that is really difficult for the Colts this year, they still have hope. They're a 3-3-1 football team. But, Joe, they've played five of their six divisional games already. They have been swept by the Tennessee Titans. They split the pair with the Jaguars. And in their opening game of the year, they tied the Houston Texans. They are going to have to make up so much ground outside of what is a relatively weak AFC South division to have any shot of being a playoff team, either as a divisional champ or certainly as a wildcard team, which feels like that path is even harder, Joe. So it's an interesting spot to put Ellinger into, but I think it also shows where Indianapolis is even after just seven weeks. Absolutely, and think about the decisions that they made. Frank Reich drafted Jake Eason, right? Frank Reich yep. lobbied for Carson Wentz. You're 0 yep. for 2, baby. Now this is your third straw. You, you don't make it. You're gone. He doesn't lead this team to the playoffs. He's out. There's no way Frank Reich is, is going to be on the sidelines in 2023. Just no way, especially the way the situation ended last year. We He had to apologize to Jim Irsay for, for lobbying for Carson Wentz, right? So at the end of the yep. day... They're 3-3 three and three and 1 right now. They have an opportunity to get a wild card. But again, where's Jonathan Taylor? Where's the rushing attack? If yeah. I would have told you, wasn't he an NFL MVP candidate, John Taylor? Wasn't he supposed to be Offensive Player of the Year? I understand yeah. he's been a little bit banged up. But where is the physicality of the rushing attack? Why is Matty Ice throwing it 54 times a game? Absolutely so, Joe. And that was one of the ideas of why the quarterback could not be as glamorous as the rest, which is not a great philosophy in today's NFL. But Indy was so secure in the trenches. Guys like Quentin Nelson leading the way, they were going to have that physicality. That has kind of deteriorated over the last two to three seasons. And yes, Jonathan Taylor led the league in rushing last year. But so far this year, it has not been all that great. And at least through the last couple of games, Joe, he returned last week against the Titans, but he missed the two previous games before that. And Matt Ryan has had to throw the football a ton. 58 times against the Jaguars two weeks ago. 44 last week in Nashville against the Titans. And it's because they were playing from a negative game script that Matt Ryan caused himself. They So they couldn't run the damn ball or establish the run the way they wanted to. It's a very interesting time for Indy, Joe. And it's not even going to be Carson Wentz on the other side. It's a matchup now of Sam Ellinger against Taylor Heineke as the Colts are a three-point favorite against the Commanders in in Indianapolis on Sunday. Some more quarterback news, Joe, from the AFC South to the NFC South. Despite Baker Mayfield getting healthier and despite Sam Darnold being cleared off of IR this past week, interim head coach in Charlotte, Steve Wilkes for the Carolina Panthers, has reiterated this job right now is P.J. Walker's. He has earned it after the Panthers upset the Buccaneers, winning outright as a 13.5-point underdog, winning that game, Joe, by 18 points. They had a difference in the cover by about 31 points. That is how the spread worked for the uh, for the Panthers and the Buccaneers this past weekend, Joe. So Steve Wilkes says P.J. Walker is the guy. He'll get the start this week in another divisional showdown, on a four-and-a-half-point road underdog this time against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I mean, we know what you have with P.J. Walker, right? He played in the XFL, played at Temple. He was player of the year in the XFL for the Houston Roughnecks. That's how he actually got to the NFL. But at the end of the day, he's capped out. Now, from a a playing perspective, he's involved. He's an intense guy, doesn't turn the football over. And basically, that's what Wilkes wants. You know, all these interim coaches have an agenda. Wilkes is either trying to showcase that he could be the guy in Carolina or that maybe potentially he could be a head 
head coach somewhere else. So why not utilize your best option? You don't know what you have in terms of Sam Donald. He's been injured all year. And then Baker Mayfield, at the end of the day, has been knocked around and has not shown that he can lead this offense. So, you know, P.J. Walker knocks off Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. You give him the reins and the keys to the bus, and you say, come on, kid, lead us to six or seven wins and get me another job somewhere else. It's crazy, Joe, because the Falcons are booked as a favorite for the first time this year, now entering week eight. They are 6-1 and one against the spread. Of course, that perfect cover streak of six straight games to start off the year. The last remaining undefeated side against the number in the NFL came to a close last week as a six-and-a-half-point road dog in Cincinnati. But both of these teams, Joe, yes, even those Carolina Panthers who have an interim head coach after firing their head coach after week number five, trading away their best offensive player in the face of the franchise, Yes, those Carolina Panthers are just a game out of first place in the NFC South that the Falcons currently occupy in a tie alongside the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Some more injury news, Joe, around the National Football League. The Seattle Seahawks in first place in the NFC West, the only team above 500 in that division. A big road victory in Los Angeles against the Chargers this past Sunday, Joe, winning outright as an underdog for the fourth time this year, a four-and-a-half-point dog, in fact, on the road inside SoFi Stadium. A scary moment, though, at the end of that opening half. DK Metcalf goes down with a knee injury and was carted off the field. However, Pete Carroll telling a radio show in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle yesterday that it's not as serious as they feared, which was really good news, and DK will not require surgery. His status still unknown going forward. How exactly long is he out? What that timetable for return looks like? But a big, big win at at least from that perspective, Joe, for Seattle, again, the first place team in that division. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to rush him back. He's he's going to be with your franchise for the next three or four seasons. He is that marquee wide receiver. No need to rush him back, but at the end of the day, thankful that there's no surgery required because if he was gone, I'd be scratching my head and wondering, could we get to six wins? You need him in that lineup to take the pressure off of the offensive line and take the pressure off of Geno Smith. That would open up the running lane, so hopefully he returns in the next two to three weeks. I still like Seattle's chances this this week against New York, even though they're playing with house money, yeah. uh, the Giants are back-to-back road games. Isn't that a very interesting spot yet again, Joe? The Giants, a flat three underdog on the road, exactly where they were a week ago in Jacksonville, a number that says, huh? Yeah, the Seattle Seahawks are a better team maybe right now than the Jacksonville Jaguars, but you're going to continue to book Big Blue as a dog? They're 6-1 and one this year. They've been an underdog in five of those six victories, winning outright. They've covered in every win. It feels like an interesting spot once again, and the Seahawks only booked as a favorite so far once this season. They were a one-and-a-half point short favorite against those Atlanta Falcons. They lost that football game outright, 27-23. We'll put a bow on our NFL conversation for today. We'll We'll flip it over to college football up next here on Football Full Circle. What's happening happening with Jimbo Fisher in College Station? We'll talk about it next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. 
That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Time to talk some college football here on the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. He is the mastermind of the pigskin. That would be Joe Lisi. All right, Joe. There's a lot going on right now in college football surrounding one Jimbo Fisher. His Texas A&M Aggies are 3-4. and four. They are below 500. This was a team, Joe, that was ranked 6th in the initial AP poll to start this year. This was a team that had the sixth best price to win a college football playoff national championship. This was supposed to be the year for Jimbo Fisher to make good on all of the promises, all of the recruiting class rankings, and all of the optimism in College Station. It has been anything but. But here is the part of the conversation, Joe, that needs to be discussed. Jimbo Fisher has an $86 million buyout if they want to fire him at A&M. Joe, what do you think the Aggies should do, and what realistically can they even do at this point? Cut the fat and move on. That that performance on Saturday in williams Bryce was absolutely gutless, okay? On fact of, yep. In fact, it costed me a little money in that bat matchup. Think about just, <laughs> just think about the numbers from Jimbo Fisher against SEC East opponents. He entered that game 9-1 straight up and yep. against the number against SEC East opponents. His only straight up loss came a couple of years ago with Kellen Mann and Texas uh, uh, where they were a 13.5 point dog against Georgia and Kirby smart. They lost 19-13. to 13. They had won eight straight against South Carolina. The last three by 33-plus points per game and won last year 44-10. He came out of a bye week. Okay, He had an extra week of preparation. Yeah, they come right out of the gate. They're down 17 to nothing in the first five minutes of that ball game, Ben. 17 to nothing as a three-point favorite. His quarterback, Haynes King, looked like a deer in the headlights. The backup, Weedman, came on. He looked like a deer in the headlights. They have no offensive balance or, or ingenuity. They're completely predictable. And the defense, as good as they are statistically, they wore down to a smaller defense in terms of offense and defensive lines to South Carolina. So you tell me where this team is headed. I would cut ties right now. And if you want a name, potentially that could be the new head coach. I know this is going to be a head scratcher. But why not make a, a run at 
Mike Gundy. I mean, throw nine and a half million at him. I, I know he's an Oklahoma State backer and he's a lifer, but at the end of the day, that guy is an underdog, has coached that program up over the last three years. So here's the interesting thing, right? $86 million is an incredible amount of money. It is one of the largest sums you've heard. We have seen some hefty buyouts. We know Nebraska fired Scott Frost about two weeks before his buyout dropped in half from $15 million to $7.5 million because of how bad the performance was on the football field, namely against Georgia Southern, the final game that Scott Frost ever coached for the Huskers. We have seen college programs around the country paid out large, absurd amounts of money to coaches just to fire them to get them out of there, not even to keep them hired. But, Joe, $86 million is a different number. And I think as of right now, that is Jimbo's saving grace. However, we have seen A&M do some wild things in years past, and we know how much this football program means to A&M backers and boosters in College Station. At what point, Joe, does it get so bad on the football field? $86 million, yes, is a tough pill to swallow, but you look at the SEC money coming in from the new ESPN and Disney deal, and you wait for Texas and Oklahoma to join the conference in a few years, and you just say, you know what? 86 mil is a lot, but we got to do something. Yeah, well, I, I would I would cut it earlier. I have no patience for that. What'd you do and, now? You know what? No, I would cut them now. Uh, you know what? Wow. You know, sometime ri- risk reward. You you bite the bullet to gain two or three years down the road. Where's this team headed? Where's the identity? What has he shown you in terms of coaching up a quarterback? He hasn't done it. He had Zach Calzada. That quarterback can't even start at Auburn. He's a third stringer on Auburn. That was the starting quarterback after Haynes King went down last year. Think about that for a second. That's how good he's coached up the quarterbacks. So at the end of the day, he's got Steve Adazio that couldn't coach his way out of a paper bag at Boston College and Colorado State. That's the offensive line coach. The strength coach, I can tell you this, needs to be fired because have you looked at the arm size of both Haynes King and Weedman? They They look like they're in the eighth grade. They have no muscle tone on their body whatsoever. I don't know what they're doing in College Station, but you know what? They need to do something, and it starts at the top with Jimbo Fisher. It's unbelievable that he won a national championship with Jameis Winston in 2013, and since that point, he regressed at Florida State, and he's regressing at Texas A&M. Isn't that an interesting point to bring up, Joe? Is Jimbo Fisher here making a fully guaranteed contract near $100 million because Jim, uh, because Jameis Winston was one of the best college quarterbacks we have seen in the last decade and a half? Because that is Jimbo. Jimbo is known for two things above all else, Joe. He can recruit the crap out of the country, and he is an offensive mastermind, except is he an offensive mastermind? Because AM has failed to score at least 25 points in eight straight games against Power 5 opponents. They play in the SEC, and they have failed to score 25 points in eight consecutive games. That's four touchdowns, Joe. Four touchdowns. They can't put that out. And Jimbo Fisher refuses to hire a specific offensive play caller. So what is Jimbo Fisher known for? Okay, recruiting. A lot was made this offseason, Joe, right? That war of words in the middle of May between his former boss, Nick Saban, and Jimbo Fisher. The idea that Nick Saban said that A&M paid for the best ever recruiting class in the history of college football. By composite team rankings, since we started tracking this thing in the last 25 years or so, Texas A&M had the best recruiting class ever 
in the history of the sport. And Jimbo obviously pushed back on that idea, but even if he did pay him, cool. It's the NIL era where anything can happen. So Jimbo brings in the best ever recruiting class. They're all freshmen this year, okay? They're not going to make a huge impact. But what about the three classes prior? All top 10, and you're still below 500, three and four in this season. And the most games you've ever won in the regular season prior was just eight. At a certain point, Joe, the expectation needs to match the money. And that's not happening. So $86 million is a huge, huge buyout for the A&M boosters to play. But how bad does it have to get for this to happen? I don't think it's yet. I do not think it's yet. But if they don't make a bowl this year, there will be some very difficult conversations in College Station about the future of Jimbo Fisher and just how much money can they eat to get him out of there. All right, well, think about this for a second. First, they play Ole Miss this weekend. He's supposedly just suspended four freshmen for this game. He's got two offensive line starters that are hurt for this game. They're out for the rest of the year, okay? So you're going to have either backups, potentially freshmen starting in replace of that. Good luck because the offensive line sucked prior to both of those guys (laughs) going down. That's number one. That's why Max Johnson isn't the starter because he got abused by the Miss State front seven in the game against Starkville. They they play Ole Miss. That okay? They're coming off a, a, a terrible road loss to LSU, but most likely they should be able to regroup, right? They the have favorite, the better quarterback, the favorite, right? Just a two and a half point favorite, two and a half, right? But still, right? It would be okay to win that football game, right? Right. They play them. They play a hot LSU team at the end of the year. There's two games that could be losses. So now we're looking potentially seven and five. So now what? What what happens then? Do they play Auburn? I th- I think they still play Auburn, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm pulling up who, the schedule they, right now. Yeah, I, I I think they play Auburn. So there's potentially three. I mean, come on now. How much more? I mean, you've got to be kidding me. Yep. I mean, if this team is six and six, five and seven, yeah, that's not good. Not good I mean, at all. They- that's that's the point, Joe. Like, is getting to a bowl game the silver lining? Because that would fall so short of expectation once again. A good friend of the show, Joe, on the morning after is a man by the name of Connor O'Gara. He's a national football columnist for Saturday Down South. He said before the year, everybody hold up about this optimism and expectation level for Jimbo in the Aggies. Their win total was 8.5 before the year. The over was juiced at minus 170. They had the sixth best price to win a national championship. He said, hold up. This is not going to be the fairy tale everybody is expecting, or at least maybe projecting at this point. So is six wins enough to save the guy's job? Is that enough optimism to say, all right, Let's let him run it back if he makes some crazy changes to his offensive staff. And all right, we'll negotiate his contract down so the buyout is not as severe following this season. But I don't even know if that's possible, Joe. In fact, I don't think it is because it's a fully guaranteed contract. So you don't have that wiggle room like you did for Jim Harbaugh a few years back or maybe even for Scott Frost a few years ago in Lincoln as well. The only redeeming thing, Joe, that I see on the schedule outside of playing UMass the second-to-last weekend of the year in the SEC's eight-game conference schedule is an absolute joke, but I'll save that for another time. The only redeeming thing here, Joe, is that four of their final game, four of their five final games come at home. It's Ole Miss this weekend. They're a a two-and-a-half-point home underdog in College Station. They host Florida next weekend. They host UMass, and they host LSU. 
But how many games are they favored in, Joe? They'll be favored. I, mean, I guess they'll probably be favored in their final four, at least three of the last four, and then probably a dog against LSU if the Tigers keep it going the way they are now, a top 20 team. LSU has to take on Alabama under the lights next week in Death Valley. That game is going to be awesome. But I don't know, Joe. There's, there's three games here, if you ask me, including this Ole Miss game. There's three games, potentially, that Texas A&M is an underdog maybe against Florida, maybe on the road against Auburn, who is having their own coaching issues, and Brian Harson probably has one foot out the door. I don't know, Joe. All I'm saying is I agree with your point as well. Is six wins enough? Is even becoming bowl eligible going to save Jimbo Fisher's job? I guess we'll have no. to wait and see. I don't know. I tell you what, Florida's a problem. Ole Miss is a problem. The only game that you potentially say they could win, like you mentioned, UMass, Auburn, because they're just in, in yeah. as bad a shape as Texas A&M. And the fact that the oh. that that maybe he's a he's a better coach than Harson, but flip a coin, they have to go yeah. on the road to that game on the plains. No guarantee there. Good luck. So, Lisi, I'm looking at team rankings right now where I use a lot of my trend analysis from, some of those betting trends, the odds perspective, and they have some early look-ahead lines out available that not, might not be there on whatever sports book you use to wager. Team rankings has A&M as a 10.5-point home favorite next week against Florida. They play in the cocktail party this weekend against Georgia, and the Gators are a 21.5-point dog. It has not been smooth sailing by any means for Billy Napier in his debut year in Gainesville, but 10.5 for this a&M team right now seems like a lot because I'm not sure they can cover 10.5 points with how stagnant their offense is. They're the worst scoring offense in all the SEC. 14th out of 14 in a conference that includes Vanderbilt in Missouri. That's how bad things are right now. Again, for a guy that's supposed to be an offensive guru and mastermind, but he isn't. And a guy that's supposed to recruit the best talent in the country, sure. But how is that talent developed if you have four top ten classes on this current roster and you're getting nothing to show for it except a three and four record following seven games this year? A couple more minutes left here on Football Full Circle going around the country in college football. That was a fun discussion, Joe Lisi. We'll do it again on the other side of the break here on FFC. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. 
It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. We are back on Football Full Circle. Just a few minutes left here, live across the Sports Grid Radio Network. He's Joe Lisi. I'm Ben Stevens. We just discussed Jimbo Fisher, his contract buyout, what it potentially could look like, $86 million, and if Texas A&M realistically is going to make that move, regardless of how bad the business optics might look for such a thing. But, Joe, let's continue in the SEC here. A big weekend in the Southeastern Conference. Tennessee off the upset over Alabama on Rocky Top and then hammering down UT Martin last Saturday. A huge test for the Vols, ranked number three in the country, hosting 19th-ranked Kentucky on Saturday back on Rocky Top. Joe, this line was a little bit intriguing to me, if I'm being honest. It was 12 and a half. It is 12 and a half in favor of Tennessee. I know the Volunteers are good. I'm not discrediting anything that Josh Heupel, Hendon Hooker, Jalen Wyatt, anybody has done as a part of that offense. Jalen Hyatt, excuse me. But I look at Kentucky, Joe, with Will Levis now back in the fold and knowing how good that Cats defense is, 12 and a half feels like a little bit of a large number in my estimation. Yeah, I mean, think about this. It's a potential look ahead, too, with Georgia on deck on November 5th, right? So you don't want to say that Tennessee's overlooking Kentucky, but Kentucky's played them very tough. Last time in Knoxville, they got the outright win as a six and a half point underdog. First win in Knoxville since 1984, Ben. So yep. think about that. Last year it was 45 42. Kentucky was a slight favor in that ballgame. So they could go either up tempo or they could get into an ugly game. It really depends on how does Kentucky want to play it with Will Levis. I take a look as well. There's potential rain on Sunday. Does that creep into Saturday night? Because mm-hmm. if that's the case, then I like the rushing attack of Chris Rodriguez and Levis catching the 12 and a half in this ballgame. Kentucky has been booked as an underdog three times this year. They have covered in all three of those games. They have won outright in two of them, both against SEC competition, all three games as a dog, against SEC foes. And they have gone under Joe in six of seven games, which goes to speak about that Cats defense. Plenty more from football full circle later on in the week, but up next, it's the Money Line, live right here on Sports Grid Radio. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.